Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. We're in. We're back for another episode of The One Guy Show. Mr. Hayden Rolf, how are you doing, sir? Couldn't honestly be better. Oh. What a day. What's the, what a day's I mean, been sound, it, Matt, have you seen the weather? The weather this morning when I opened those curtains was absolutely blinding. There wasn't a single cloud in the sky. Changed a little bit now, but well, it was a good start. Here in sunny Brighton, it is sunny. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the sun. The, the clouds are covering the skies at the moment. Um, but I can see the sun shining into your lovely apartment. So this is what I hate the most about the UK, because it almost teases us, doesn't it? Like last week, we we had that um, short couple of days where it was just, it was almost like it was summer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just goes back to like Baltic. It's just freezing. Hmm. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, when we were in the office, uh, not yesterday, day before. No, it was yesterday. And we went out for lunch, went for a spot of lunch, didn't we? A little walk. And it was absolutely frozen. Absolutely frozen. Um, but if you'd have looked at it from the inside to the outside, you would have thought, it's a lovely day. Let's get out there. You step out into it. It's like the Arctic. Mm. So for anyone listening, obviously as Ryan has pretty much just alluded to there, we're not actually in the office. We've got a few technical... Um, is it be, it's released on Monday, isn't it? Officially, that one. So, yeah, we had... A, you, you, may actually, you may notice, but we had a few uh, technical difficulties. We've got to try and soundproof the office a little bit to be able to continue doing it in there, basically. Yeah, I think we're going to have to speak to the editor who's probably listening now. Uh, we are going to message you this. Uh, because I think it also depends what we can do with the office because I don't know if they're going to be happy with us slapping up soundboards around the whole room. If they are, then I have no issue with doing that. Like, I have no issue with putting those phone boards all around the room. Like That's totally cool for me. Um, so we're going to have to see what they say because Zoom is fine. It's not a problem doing Zoom. But when we were together in the same room, it was it was nice. You know, We were able to have that, that to and flow. You, know? you, you could touch my leg. I could touch yours and stuff like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know how to reply to that. How often do I embarrass you on a regular basis? It's not that often. Not that often. Fair, fair. Anyway, team, less about the weather and soundproofing podcast rooms, more about nutrition and weight loss. So the topic today has been thrown into my hands. Pretty dangerous, but, you know, we're going to roll with that. And I've chosen to talk about low-calorie or crash diets, basically, and why they don't work. Because... I think they're often seen as this shiny object. I think aren't it's they? yeah. I think it's important though to like. I'm just going to slightly change it. the way you said that because they do work. Mm-hmm. Like crash dieting does work, but is it optimal? And is it for the majority of the population? Is it actually optimal for you? And the yeah. answer is probably not. Like for, I would argue like 90, uh, 80% of you know. So, mm-hmm. so I continue there. Yeah. No, 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 it makes absolute sense. And I think that's it. 
I think it is also making note that like it does work. You know, some people have managed to be like, well, I just had like hardly any calories and I was fine, lost it, kept it off. It's not going to work that way for everyone. You know, I think you've also got to look at it from a point of that you're not always going to be in a calorie deficit for your life, obviously. So for some people, you're like, well, I can actually, you know, suck it up for a little bit and get on with it. And it's not going to have any backlash towards that. You know, actually having a diet, maybe you see faster results, a bit more motivation, but it all depends like with everything on the situation, the scenario. And like Hayden said, most of you listening to this, if not predominantly a lot of you listen to this, it's just not going to have any longevity legs on it. You know, it's, it's they're going to fall off quite quick. And there's a lot of reasons as to why it's not going to be the best if you're looking for this long-term sustainability, because I think otherwise it's just this, this short-term thing, you know, having really low calories is you know, great if you're only doing it for like four weeks before a holiday or if you're just, you know, doing it for a wedding or whatever, because you're only going to do it short term. You're not looking at overcoming an issue. You know, if you haven't got much to lose and you're like, oh, I'm just going to drop a couple of kilos before I go on holiday, not a problem. You know, having low calories isn't going to cause you too much issue. But when you're dealing with things that, you know, have been hanging around for years, I suppose, when you're like super overweight, having these crash diets, they're not always going to serve you best um, with regards to that kind of like longevity and sustainability. Um, because again, it's just, it's just focusing on the problem, you know? And I think there's pros and cons, but I think what we're going to talk about today is, is that the cons don't really outweigh the pros per se to extremely low calorie diets. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is an interesting one. And I think it's because like, it's typical diet culture, isn't it? And it's when, when anyone all of a sudden thinks about dieting, I think, the first thing people think about is like how horrific it's going to be, how much they have to um, mm-hmm. like slash their calories. Like I, I think it's, I think it's just the word diet as well. It's mm. as soon as anyone says diet, like that's it. Like everyone thinks they're in like some kind of deprivation mode and they can no longer eat any of their favorite foods. And it's just all about calorie restriction. And it really isn't the case and i'm sure we're going to like kind of allude to a lot of this uh, over mm-hmm. the course of this podcast but we're going to basically show you how you know you can actually you, you you can have a um you can have a fun time dieting basically it doesn't have to be stressful yeah man and i think that's important and i think that's what you know that's what we do in the five day challenge if you haven't done it you totally should uh because we make it fun and enjoyable and i think dieting is that's one of the reasons as to why there's no longevity to it because often dieting is seen as this thing that's gonna you know i'm not gonna be able to there's so many like no's like i'm not gonna be able to do this i can't do this there's like no can't not allowed restrict you know, cut out. Like there's all these kind of like negative connotations that are always seen around dieting that you're like, no wonder that it doesn't have any legs to it because everything initially starting just had this bad omen around it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's never this like, hey, yeah, Hayden, man, I'm just going to diet, going to, you know, you know, reduce my calories and it's going to be great. People are like, yeah, I'm on a diet. So like, I haven't drunk alcohol for like, for, you know what I mean? Like there's this instant yeah. like, downhill like everyone's you know the tonality you use like no one comes up and they're like how you doing Hayden you're like mate yeah like, I'm on a diet like it's awesome like I haven't had sugar for like three weeks and stuff and then I'm only eating 1200 calories no one talks like that everyone's like yeah I'm on a diet and oh man like just haven't had chocolate and stuff like it's going alright do you know what I mean like everyone's tonality is so down when they talk about dieting because yeah. it's never seen and this is what always gets me as well. You know, what the first actual definition of diet is the kinds of food that a person, animal or community habitually eats. So 
when it comes to a diet, a diet is just a food that you consume. Whereas dieting now has been, you know, I, and I know there's a lot of people out there that like almost have a hate to that word, like the anti-diet culture. They're like, you don't need a diet. And I'm like, well, everyone has a diet because a diet is literally just the food that you consume on a daily, yearly basis. Yeah, it's kind of just like, like I said a second, I, I just do truly think that like, the word diet is labeled as restriction, like pretty much mm-hmm. in it's unpackaged in another mm-hmm. way. Um, because it is as that. Yeah, and no one, like, just like you said a second ago, like no one, there's, as soon as, like, if we picked out 10 people and if we were to say one word and we got them to say what their association with that word was, I guarantee there would not be, like, one positive word said. Yeah, true. Well, that's the first, so the first definition of diet is the kind of foods a person, animal, community habitually eats. The second one is a special course of food to which a person restricts themselves either to lose weight or for medical reasons. So, you know, there there are two kind of variations. The first one is not a problem. It's just literally what we consume on a, on a kind of daily basis habitually. Um, and it doesn't have to be human. It could be an animal or a whole community. Um, and then the other one is obviously restriction. So let's look at, you know what, let's look at the pros. What are the pros of low-calorie diets? So the pros of low-calorie diets, I think... First and foremost is that it's going to work. You know, you're going to get a rapid rate of fat loss. It often can be seen as a good thing. You know, you're going to have high levels of motivation if the scales are dropping, your measurements are moving at quite a fast rate because quite often you've found that before, maybe when you've done stuff, it hasn't been that way. You know, the scales haven't moved as fast as you want. You haven't seen that, you know, that uh, accelerated progress. So it has those kind of um, positive benefits. Do you want to add another one in there, Hayden? No, it's just pretty much like it's it's what we call like buying, doesn't it? It's like whenever you do something, you want to be successful with it. And the more successful you are with something, the more you'll like to continue. So yeah. with calorie restriction, like, you're inevitably like, especially if you're you're going against common dieting terms, like you're restricting your calories like a ridiculous amount, and mm-hmm. that's going to have an effect on the number on the scales to a like to what you deem as a positive. So that scale number is going to go down an awful lot, and uh, you're going to be like you said, motivated by it. You're going to want to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The problem is you all of a sudden have this association with low calorie dieting and success so this is the issue because where do you stop because mm-hmm. as soon yeah. as the scales stop moving you just keep restricting further mm-hmm. and further and further yeah you have no wiggle room no like no no wiggle room at all so it's like you have no options but like to keep going down and down and down mm. ultimately also just a side note Whilst me and me and Hayden are obviously on Zoom today, Hayden. have you noticed my face has started to change? Uh, I see you every day, though, don't I? Now, so because uh, someone said it the other day, and I was like, I haven't really noticed it. But then when I'm talking, I was like, I can see these cheekbones. <laughs> I've, mate, I've, I've nearly lost ten now. Nearly down ten keys. Yeah. What are you? Have? I'm ninety five this morning, so I started at one hundred and four. So it's nine kilos at the moment. Nice. It's not bad. Yeah, it's working away. How's yours going? Uh, yeah, I mean, Bali got cancelled, so it slowed down definitely yeah. quite a bit. But mm. it's, you know, uh, f- of, because of especially like last week when we had that sun, it was like almost a little taster for us in Britain to be like summer. And then Boris decided to announce that the world potentially will be opening oh, up again. Fantastic so, bozzer. Yeah, it's it's been pretty steady. I, I can yeah. openly like sit here and say like uh, it 
I could have accelerated it a little bit more, but I chose the fact of I didn't have a time constraint didn't and need to. I can enjoy mm-hmm. it a little bit more, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. And this is this is what I'm trying to keep over this this psychological thing. And I think this is massive to importantly note, just on like a goal thing, is that mine and Hayden, like I was going to my bear, Hayden was going to Bali. That's why we we're just going to lean up a little bit. But this is where it is to note that now they're not happening we haven't continued to like go crazy, you know, mine slowed down. And because we haven't got this end date, like I've stayed as I am with this slower rate of fat loss, same as you, you know, you're like, I could have changed it, but there's now no need because I'm not rushing towards something. Mm. So you've also got to remember that, that like your goalposts will always change on your weight loss journey. And even if you don't have this like direct goal in place, like think about the longevity side of things. So for the most part, the real kind of pro of these low calorie diets is pretty much just motivation. You know, your motivation can be high because you're seeing quick results. You get a good buy-in. You know, you're going to be pretty committed um, early doors to it because you're going to see that initial good drop. Um, it's kind of like just short-term gratification, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much the... But as human beings, we like it. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are so quick to get the short-term gratification over the long-term outcomes of it. Like everything we want now we don't want to wait like oh you listen to us now like think about how many times in life you've done something because you wanted something now and you couldn't wait for it there's a study done wasn't there on donuts and they basically were like if you sit with this donut like this was kids as well so like if you sit with this donut in front of you for five minutes you will then get two donuts in five minutes time 80 percent. it was like 80 percent of the kids don't quote me on this i always say that like cover my back don't quote me on this but 80 percent of the kids ate it mm-hmm even though they would get more after because waiting five minutes with it in front of you. Um, so that's another reason, guys, to set up your environment for your success. Do not leave things like that to chance because your willpower will only carry you so far as 20% of the kids found out that they were the only ones that had enough self-discipline and control to actually manage that. So let's look at the reasons as to why we're not massive advocates of it because, you know, I suppose the other pro is, is that you can use it as a tool. You know, you can do heavy restrictions, you know, one week, then you could do really small calorie deficit the next, big calorie deficit one week, small calorie deficit the next, or you could do two weeks big, two weeks small. There is no right or wrong. You know, it can be used as a tool, but I think for the most part, most people just come in with like a heavy, big deficit, I'm going all guns blazing, and then eventually they run out of ammo. Yeah. So looking at the cons, let's say the cons, it's not the cons, it's just the downsides of it. So first and foremost, you've got adherence. Adherence is going to be the biggest, most single important factor when it comes to your weight loss results. And I think, uh, you know, I think I learned that. We learned that on my course now, Hayden, but I think I originally learned that from you. You were like adherence. Because every time that something doesn't work, it's because you can't adhere to it. Low calorie diets are going to be hard to adhere to. And that's probably the biggest like downside to them because you need to make sure that you can adhere to whatever it is you're doing. Otherwise, if you can't, you're eventually going to stop doing it and then the results are going to stop because you've only got those results due to the method. If the method isn't sustainable, the results aren't going to hang around either. So what you've got to look at here is how are you going to adhere to those low calories for ages with regards to the kind of backlash that you're going to get? So first and foremost, you're going to get a response in obviously hunger you know you're dieting on 1500 calories or you're dieting on a thousand calories your hunger is going to be very different so big calorie deficits come with a lot more hunger one of the things that is common you know you're going to face hunger in a calorie deficit whatever right so 
you've got to realize that like we want to kind of like alleviate that as much as possible. Having a big deficit is not going to work in your favor. It's going to cause ghrelin levels to increase, leptin to decrease. So you're going to be more hungry as time goes on because the deficits are big. You know, your body knows it's in controlled starvation and it knows that, you know what, we want to, you know, survive here. We're going to upregulate certain things and downregulate certain things so we can reduce this deficit. The bigger it is, the more your body's going to be like, wait a minute, you know, this isn't really going to work for us long term. Uh, I don't know if you want to add anything here. Like, jump in at any point, by the way. Yeah, the, sit there mesmerized. Yeah, no, I was, I, there's, there's, the thing is, there's so many, um, there's so many different directions that this this conversation could go down. It's almost like mm-hmm. trying to not. Uh, I mean, we're very good at it, like steering down a direction that end up we'll, we'll literally be talking about basketball or something. But like, <laughs> but I think I think the main thing is as well, and this is probably going to like get a few people's backs up. But if you're like sitting here and you're kind of like disagreeing, and you're potentially thinking like, oh, actually, do you know what, like no like low calorie has always worked for me like Mm -hmm. why is it that you are always dieting year after year and Mm -hmm. like that's kind of the thing that you've got to like take some ownership and got to you know be like actually do you know what maybe this approach isn't the the best for me in the world and this is this is the issue that i see with like these try not to get sued we'll try but like these other diet cultures where you've got like tags for words and calling them like um sin foods and stuff like this and the tip no it's synergy now oh is it <laughs> nah so it was sins and everyone was like well, you've said it's sins because sins are bad like you know it's literally to do with religion if you create if you commit a sin you know you have to, it's not good but now they're like no 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 it stands for synergy does it <laughs> If we swear on this, if we swore on this podcast, I'd have a few words to say to you guys out there. So yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. But um, <laughs> so, what typically happens is again, like all of this, all of this um, brings around, you know, bad bad practices. It brings around mm-hmm. bad relationship with food. It brings around mm-hmm. um, like negative associations you have with dieting and stuff. And again, like it's because because you're always thinking of constantly restricting and how much you can restrict, like inevitably this is how I see it. And this is the biggest frustration that I have. And when people ask me, like, are they like, what, Ryan, you must get it every single day. When someone asks you what their their calories should be, you take some time out of your day to help them potentially work out roughly what their calories may be. Because again, like you still don't know off a calculation, you've got to work for that person. But even mm-hmm. when you still take out your time to do that, they tell you it's too high without even trying yeah. it. They tell you it's too mm-hmm. high. But this yeah. is what this is because what diet culture has always only ever told us about this whole restriction thing is like, and every single lady inside the academy like understands this process now, and they all say to me, they're like, I I wish I knew this earlier, and I wish I had this sort of yeah. process earlier because instead of thinking about midweek how much you can restrict your food, now what you need to think about is. Typically, like when you are telling yourself you're either in a restriction phase or you're not going to be eating that, like eventually that is going to pass. Like, and eventually, like you are far more likely. I'm not saying that, that again, there's going to be some individual people that don't have this, but you yeah. are probably going to overconsume at the opportunity of where you do overconsume. Now, mm-hmm. what for most people is that opportunity? It's the weekends. So 
we then get this culture of the Monday to Friday dieters where you're being quote unquote good. You're eating only healthy foods, quote unquote healthy foods, and you're restricting your calories as much as possible. But weekend calories don't count right. So when it gets to the weekend, you decide like, do you know what? I've been good Monday to Friday. I can chill out a little bit and have more enjoyable foods in the weekend. But because you've deprived yourself of so much of these foods Monday to Friday and you've had your calories at such a low level, when it then gets to the weekends, unintentionally, you are just gorging on food and you are going over your calories by thousands and thousands, even if you think you're not. Like I literally had someone the other week, and I remember telling you about this and she was saying, she was like, oh, yeah, I never go over my calories that much on the weekend, but I am a little bit more slack. And I'm like, okay, what does that look like to you? And she basically started to list all her foods and I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, no, to be fair, like that isn't that many calories. But I was like, mm-hmm. so do you not drink at the weekends? She was like, oh, well, yeah, no, I do. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, what do you typically drink? She was like, oh, you know, I'll have like maybe a bottle of wine and stuff. I was like, what's yourself? She was like, yeah. And by the way, I'm not judging anyone by saying this. I'm just helping them understand their calories a bit more. And then... <laughs> <laughs> we are advocates of boozing. Yeah. Do not worry. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, if you are a boozer, it's all good. Well, uh, so so she said to uh, to us before this podcast. She was like, "You should do a what did you say? It's a poddy for vodka. Poddy with body. Poddy with body. A hundred percent. I think we should. We should roll in and we should riff. You know, we will have a couple of beers and we'll rock into the podcast on some nutrition because it'll be loads of laughs as well. Oh, I- yeah, I mean, it would uh, we definitely either it would mm. skyrocket to number one, or we would be yeah. actually taken off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might have to write an apology email to Apple and say, look, guys, like it was one too many, you know, one too many Jaegers, a couple of cocktails, things got out of hand, but like, you know, don't sauce. don't slay us, <laughs> sauce. sauce. Um, but it's so true, and I think the other thing that people forget about is, you know, not only from a standpoint of the you know, there's the the hunger side of things, but also a standpoint of just like longevity. We always say you don't want to restrict. There's going to come times of restraint. But like, think about when you're only eating 1200 calories. It's like that for the most people is not appropriate. Um, and what's going to lead that is to, you're going to struggle to get in all of your macro and micronutrient needs. Like, because that's not a lot of food for some of you. And especially if you're a larger individual having such low calories, like, do you really think you're going to get in adequate protein, adequate, you know, fruit and veg and a good mixture and variety of nutritional intake? Like, no, like not with that. Like your food's going to have to be so small. You're going to have to be so careful when your calories are that low with what you're eating that you're probably going to be missing out on some valuable nutrition, which you would get if your calories were like three, 400 higher. You know, they're three, 400 higher. That's more protein you can get in. That's more fruit, more vegetables, more goodness that you can give to your body. Not only are you going to lose weight, but you're also going to be a healthier human being like full stop. And people forget about that. People are like, yeah, just weight loss. And it's like, but you want to do weight loss, but you also want to make sure that you're not like sacrificing your health in the quest for losing weight as well, because that's just cutting off your nose to spite your face. And I don't think that is worth it. And you've also got to look at it from the point of view as like social life. Like who the hell is going out for a pizza and a couple of glasses of wine with the girls on a thousand calories a day? Like good luck. I don't know what kind of pizza you're eating, whether it's like one of these like mini pizzas that are same size as like a mini cheddar biscuit or something because most pizzas are going to be upwards of like 700 calories well that's like all your calories in one meal 
And it's like, how are you meant to live life when your calories are so low? Like, how are you going to have glasses of wine fixed in there? How are you going to have pizza? How are you going to go out and have, you know, fish and chips on the seafront? I don't know why that pops into my head, but I'm really craving that. This is kind of what I'm saying though, because what people will do is they feel like they can do that. And they will like, up until that moment, like it might be one week, it might be two weeks, it might even be three or four weeks, but eventually, Mm -hmm. because you are never going to not consume that food again, when the opportunity happens for you to consume that food, you are just going to go like massively OTT on it. It's like a switch, isn't it? Yeah. It's literally like, because you haven't had something, it's the it's the buffet effect. Like as soon as you have all of these variations in front of you, you have a little bit of it, that's it. And like, it'd be interesting to kind of find out, this is kind of anecdotal from my point of view, this isn't science-based as it were per se, but where that kind of drive to eat comes in, you know, when I was speaking on the other podcast about the, it might be the one that's released on Monday actually, about the Aborigines when they had food that was available mm-hmm. and that they then like over-consume because they don't know when the next going to meal. It'd be very interesting if that same kind of response through the hypothalamus that was actually dictates that, do you know what I mean? Like where you've restricted for so long yeah. that as soon as you are, you know, approached, you have high calorie foods in front of you, that's why you overconsume because your body is like, well, damn, like, I don't know when we're going to get this again now. And that's even more heightened. Mm. You know, that would be super interesting to, you know, to understand. Is that why? Because we've all been there. You know, we have all been there. I remember when um, I was at uni and I think I was, I think I was keto at that. I say keto. I never actually like officially went keto, quote unquote. Have you ever, have you ever been keto, quote unquote? No, no, man. Oh. No, I've just like restricted carbs heavily, but I don't think I've ever gone keto. I wouldn't, man. Have you got so? You, oh, the only, the only. Maybe way I should. Tr- maybe I should try it. No, it's it's honestly experiment. awful. You, like, you feel like you're broken slightly. <laughs> you get like just you get like this metallic taste in your mouth. Yes, and, I have. Yeah, and it is absolutely horrendous. And um, when it first happened to me, like again, it was. <laughs> Sounds like it's a disease. Yeah. Like when keto first happened to me, um, it was a dark time. <laughs> it, it was it was horrible. I was actually like, what's going on here? Like everything is tasting like of this like metallic taste. I was like, this is so bizarre. But then um I was actually I remember this is going back quite a few years ago, and I remember being really, yeah. really concerned and putting something in a forum. Um, it was kind of before the days of like Facebook groups and stuff, so it was like forums. And yeah. uh, I remember reading on the Moss building, they're like, that's when you have like, you know, you've dieted too far. <laughs> I was like, oh, or you've restricted it's your mad, carbs too far. Isn't it? That is, yeah, which, which makes you think like, if ever you do something and your taste buds change to a metallic taste, that should in your head be ringing alarm bells. Mm. So like, okay, now every time I eat, it tastes like I'm chomping on a bit of metal. Like that surely should ring some alarm bells to you. And that's what you've got to think, you know, every time you've done something, you haven't been able to adhere to it. So do you really think that if your hunger's going to be huge, you're going to not be able to really socialize, that this is something you're going to be able to do for long? And not only that, it's like your energy is affected. It's like most people are like, oh yeah, I'm just like flagging, you know, like you will get that at times when you have been dieting for a while, you will start to feel lethargic. You get a down regulation in like your, you know, your body wants to down regulate your output. So it makes you lethargic, lacks your energy, cognitive function, all these different things to slow you down. But even more so when you're going to have a larger deficit, you've just not got much fuel inside of you. Do you know what I mean? So like you're going to then have a lag in energy, which then is going to impact your performance. So if you're a gym, if you're listening to this and you're a gym goer, like having low, low calories is going to hamper your performance hugely. You know, you're in there getting PBs with your deadlift or, you know, your hip thrust, getting like hundred kilos for the glutes. You aren't like, that's going to seriously deteriorate. And 
that is not what you want. You know, your performance goes down. Well, you're going to be at more chance of losing muscle mass. Again, low calories diet, you're going to be at more chance of losing muscle mass, which again is going to downregulate your metabolism, which means you are not going to need as many calories. So there's so many factors that just, to me, I'm like, I don't know why you'd ever really do it unless you would like uh, intermittently doing it. Like week on, week off, if that makes sense, because long-term it just holds no real positive values. Yeah, I think I think that is literally, look, that was kind of pretty much one of my conclusion points for it was was it's it's a tool and you can absolutely you absolutely can do it and you can mm-hmm. you can do it in a way to be of a positive benefit potentially for some individuals mm-hmm. but like the negatives massively outweigh the positives of you doing it yeah. from from a long-term standpoint and let's be honest at the end of the day like no one is as much as we would love to just be able to go on a diet for a week, get the results that we wanted to, and maintain that. Like it's isn't it's not there because yeah. it, it doesn't work like that. This this is the thing that we always say. Like dieting is simple, but it's not easy. Well, losing weight is simple, but it's not easy because there's so yeah. many habits and lifestyle factors um, that come into play that will dictate your like the success long-term of you doing that. And if you think yeah. you're just going to, which pretty much probably every single one of us has done, like even like us two would have done it. Like as soon as you do start the diet, like you do just massively calorie restrict. But yeah. again, if you start off with that, then it's potentially not going to be setting yourself up for the greatest success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it as well. It's like, you've not only got to think of like your sleep, your sleep is another thing that it impacts because of obviously your energy. People find that when obviously they have lower calorie diets, it impacts your sleep. Your sleep's not as good. Your libido will go down as well. Like there are so many other different things there, but you've also got to think about that after because like imagine not being a, right. Think about it like this and think about when you've done dry January, what happens in February? You drink enough alcohol for January times 10. It is literally that simple. And it's the same with restrictive calories. You restrict your calories so much that even if you do hang on for eight eight weeks and then you look fantastic, imagine what ha- It's like the floodgates are open. You're like, okay, cool. Everything that I couldn't have is now back on the menu. That buffet effect comes in and we know when foods are of abundance with regards to selection that we have, we tend to overconsume, and it's exactly what happens. And that's where we get stuck in this binge restrict cycle as well because we restrict, we then binge and then we feel bad we feel guilty so we restrict again because we don't find this kind of like balance between it and i think a lot of the women when they join us you know they come into the academy and it's really funny because they're like one they're like it doesn't feel like i'm dieting like it feels too easy and i'm like Mm. how good is it to be able to say that dieting feels easy because always like oh my calories just seem so high like you know i think every woman in the academy like you know second guesses us they're like ryan hayden like I know you guys know what you're talking about, but let's have a talk about my calories. Oh, I've never done <laughs> and we're this like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But trust, and I'm like, trust the process. Just trust the process. Like, I'm like, just just hold five, two weeks. I was like, and then we'll reconvene. And literally like after the first few days, they're like, I've never been able to eat so much and the scales are already dropping. And I'm like, fantastic. You know, they're going out for meals with their partners. They're still drinking alcohol. They're like, yeah, the scales of my measurements are going down. Like, this is incredible. Like, I feel like I should be doing more. This is too easy. And I'm like, because now you're in a relative deficit compared to you. And you're also accepting that it shouldn't be this crazy fast thing where you have to restrict yourself. It's almost like you take all of the preconceived conceptions of what dieting should be 
and you've shifted them to like the complete opposite inside the academy. And then suddenly they're like, wow, this is real life. It's like you've been wearing like yeah. uh, blinkers, as it were, like glasses that like minimize the color in the world. And then suddenly when you join the academy, we take them off and they're like, oh, that's what the world looks like. Like, what the hell? And it's giving you that freedom. And I think that's why with the low calorie diets, like it's such a rocky ground for most of you because most of you are in the situation you're in now have a pretty bad relationship with food. So by restricting foods, you're literally nine times out of 10 making it worse. And one of our clients said it nicely. I dieted myself fat. She was like, whenever I, and those of you listening to this now probably can agree. Looking back, so many women that I speak to are like, I wish I was where I was when I first ever started dieting. They were like, because I've, I've, I've put on weight and I'm heavier 10 diets later. Like, how backwards would that be? Imagine so if you pay, man, imagine if you paid Uber and you're like, right, Uber, I want to go from A to B. And imagine they're like, okay, cool, that's 50 quid because it's going to be 50 miles. And then you like suddenly stopped after like an hour and you're like, okay, like, like how, how long till we get there? And they're like, oh, it's 70 miles now. So it's going to be 70 quid. You're like, hold on, I paid you for like an outcome and we're now, we're now further away. Like, what that, like you'd start asking questions. You'd be like, I need a refund Uber driver because I'm getting out. Like you're taking me in the wrong direction. But yeah, when it comes to weight loss, it's almost like we don't click on. And this is my problem with those people that post about, you know, from ketones to crash diets and shake diets and celery juice and all this rubbish is that people are literally in a desperate place. They've tried for so many years that we almost then remove all of the logic you know, for the most part, people are like, I get what you're meant to do, you know, calorie deficit, eat less calories than I need, but I just can't do it. And I'm like, this is the thing. And then people in like advertise stuff, they they prey on this like, this, this need and this want that they're so badly wanting to make this work that they almost then uh, are blinded. Do you know what I mean? Like actually, if you take a step back and I'm like, well, actually look at that diet. You know, what is that diet in promising you? How is it working? Do you think that that is going to be sustainable for you for the next five, 10, 20 years? Not obviously we're going to be in a calorie deficit that long, but if you can't look at something that you're about to do and be like, could I do this for the next five years? It's the wrong choice for you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's it, When you say it like that as well, it's, it is actually quite sad, isn't it? It's 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 horrible to think that, you know, people are getting to the point of where they're like, nothing has ever worked for me before. And this is where you get, you, you almost don't care anymore. And you're just like, either, number one, you are you just let your health completely slip um, because you think you're destined to be this way, which no one in the world is is destined to be overweight and stuff. There's, there's obviously some like um, habits and cultural things that might determine someone's body fat to be a little bit higher. But, you know, mm-hmm. what you, it's, it's, it's like you can change, you can change a lot of it. But, and then secondly, to the point of where, people are so desperate that they are jumping on like these jabs, these, uh, these mm. just horrendous things, which is, which is really, really sad. And I think one, one key bit of information like about, you know, the, the whole low dieting route is, or the low, um, calorie route is low dieting, the low dieting route. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Imagine someone doing like chicken limbo. <laughs> The low, the low calorie route is because of like everything that is is packaged with low calories, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's ladies in the academy that you know their deficit may be slightly more aggressive than you know the average other person's was, but mm-hmm. the education they have behind that low calories 
is so important. And I know we said it on a podcast, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where we were like, whether like you're someone that likes to go through phases of like cutting and bulking, aren't you? You go through cutting, maintenance, bulking. But the difference mm-hmm. is no matter what phase you're in, the food you eat are exactly the same. It doesn't change. Like it's just yeah. the amounts change. So this is where exactly like you said, there's, it's not, um, it's, it's not restriction, but there's just got to be restraint through each point of those, those phases that you're in. So if we can now start to shift the way that we actually look at dieting, like as a whole, it will be so game changing. And this is why the, like the ladies in the academy, they say like, I can't like, I'm doing something wrong. Like it doesn't feel right. Like what, why, why isn't the, uh, another quote that I love is like, why is this not t- taught like in school? Why, why aren't we taught this at school? Yeah, man, it's huge. Isn't it? Which is, which is crazy because uh, I mean, that's just a whole nother podcast, but if, if you can understand like the key fundamentals of stuff like, you know, for you and your personal preference, like if you're, this is what I mean by like this kind of conversation that I'm going down because there's so many different routes I, I like you can go down because you're like one person, like I will work with, I work with someone and by everything that I know about their onboarding form, the conversations I've had and all of those things, I know for that individual I can diet them more aggressively, but then I'll get mm-hmm. someone on the other hand that I know from their onboarding form, the conversations, the check-ins and stuff, we have to take the slower approach because it suits yeah. them, their lifestyle and their personal preference differently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is where it, it does get much harder. And like I said, I can, I can go off on so many different tangents down, mm. but I think if you can get those core fundamentals of like, right, number one, know you, know you like, you first and like typically and if you're sitting here and you're like i am that person that has been caught up in that dieting cycle where i go on a diet i restrict every single food under the sun i deprive myself i then get these mad cravings these cravings are so intense that i inevitably end up giving in and eating all of those foods and now because i've gone ott on all of those foods i feel guilty and now i feel guilty mm-hmm. i start the diet again if you're sitting here and you're like that is me to a t and you're going through that loop year after year, like I think it's safe to say that the low calorie approach doesn't work for you and you need, yeah, to, you need to change that up. And then it's secondly, mm. bit understanding, it's like, right, okay, well now I've figured out about a bit more about me and my lifestyle and my dieting history. Well, what actually does dieting look like? Now, a calorie deficit is the overall principle. Like a calorie deficit is key. There's no such thing, there's no such foods as good and bad foods. Stop labeling foods good and bad because that is, that is again, giving you this dieting association of it being mm-hmm. this um, like poor effect. So if yeah. you can now change that um, kind of wording that you're having now and you're looking at foods as more nutrients and less nutrient dense and you're striving to have more nutrient dense foods like um, lean meats, vegetables, whole grains, all of those kind of things and you're having kind of less nutrient dense, le- less of the less nutrient dense foods like your pizzas, chocolate and all of that, but you're not depriving them, it's, it is literally game changing for you. Because all of a yeah, sudden, when your expectations change, and I'm going to do a whole podcast here, a lesson on that of expectations, because mm-hmm. I think that is again next very close to adherence, like yeah. one of the key p- pillars that you need to know to be successful long term. Um, but staying on the topic of calories, I think when you have those two combined of number one, knowing about you and actually your dieting history, and two, having the education around. Um, 
almost like having a better relationship with food, the whole dieting experience becomes so much more fun and so much easier for you. Yeah, man. It's so true. It is like everything you said is just, it's also putting it in perspective. Like, and this is why I think people often fall short as well, which is why a coach is so handy because what you've got to realize is that you're, you, you need to understand you. You know, everyone has different ways that they work. You know, the way that me and Hayden diet is completely different because we've learned and understand and know each other. And that's what you've got to do as well. You've got to think about you rather than thinking about, you know, I'm going to sign up to what some guy did, you know, the 800 calorie diet and or Slimming World or Weight Watchers and be like, oh, I've just got to follow some sins. You aren't just sins. You aren't just points. You aren't just the calorie number. You know, we're advocates of tracking your calories and working out your calories, but you are a lot more complex than just the number and nearly said the swear word then not just the number you got <laughs> i get so passionate about this man um i'm very proud as well we haven't ever you know accidentally let slip because we do get passionate about things and that is when our tongues start to wander but um what a statement uh yeah is that you've got to understand that like as your self as a human being, like you work in different ways. You know, you've got to look at how you are. You've got to look at your relationship with food, you know, your dieting history. If you've done loads of diets, like crash dieting is not going to be your friend. If you haven't done diets ever, then maybe you can go a little bit faster at the box because you haven't had your relationship with food so skewed and so backwards. But then if you've got a really crazy stressful life, is it going to be actually beneficial to then have really low calories, low energy, lack of cognitive function when you need to be switched on for your job? You need to reduce the stress rather than increase more stress, not only obviously psychological, but physiological. There's so many factors that come into play with how your calories should lay and your approach to dieting. It always has to be you. Like even if you work out your calories and you get that calorie number, that is just a number to elicit fat loss. What you got to look about is, okay, cool. But what else about me do I need to kind of take into consideration? Am I super stressful? Am I always eating on the fly? Like, you know, those kind of things are going to set your calories. If someone was eating out all the time, you know, they're always kind of entertaining clients or they're traveling a lot for work. Maybe having calories slightly lower is going to allow for a lot more guesstimations when they're having to eat out at restaurants, things like that. Maybe someone who has a really bad relationship with food and tends to maybe have a bit disordered eating and kind of has little mini binges, your calorie deficit is going to want to be small so that we can make sure that we increase satiation, keep the flexibility and the variety in your nutrition so it gives you a better time to adhere to it given the pre curses um towards your dieting experience previously like it isn't just you know everyone kind of comes to us i think and they're like i use a calorie calculator it seems too high and i'm like well even if you use a calorie calculator <laughs> god it's literally if you're listening to this and use a calorie calculator and you think it's too high it's not like you follow those calories unless you've got something like pcos I mean, menopause other medical conditions that could affect that those calories are right if you follow them and you are truly checking those calories to that number you will lose weight what you've got to remember is that that is just a number to elicit fat loss. There's so much, I think, behind fat loss. And as much as we dull it, this is why I kind of feel like a bit of an imposter sometimes because I'm like, I try to dull it down and make it super simple. But then I'm also like, I don't want to make it too simple because one minute I'm like, look, you've just got to eat in a calorie deficit and fat loss will happen. Yes, that's true. But on the layers, it's like an onion. You know, onions have layers. Ogres have layers. So what you've got to notice is that as you're peeling them off, there's so many things underneath it that you have to take into consideration to make this whole thing work. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really important. And also, like, one of the other things that I, we haven't even discussed at all is you don't have to be in a calorie deficit every day. 
Yeah. Your calories don't have to be the same every single day. That's mm-hmm. another misconception that everyone has is like, your calories have to be low every single day. Not at all. Like, you can have this cyclical dieting where you have some days of calories being lower. And this is where, again, I'm not saying, because this is a ridiculous, uh, it's kind of on the extreme levels again, but this is where like the 5-2 has some kind of place. Is because like, if yeah. you've got two days where you know actually like your energy expenditure is really, really low, like, you know, it's super busy, that you, you don't have time to think about food, from a dieting actually standpoint, it's probably not a bad idea to have those two days, which when you're super busy, like your energy levels low, your energy expenditure is low, to actually have lower calories on those days. And then you can mm. have higher calories around the days of flat. Yeah, man. And I, 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 I prefer that approach, like for myself, like for training days, I prefer higher calories because if I train, I'm usually hungry. Like I, when I go to the office and I haven't trained, I'm not that bad. If I train... The rest of the day, usually that's it. Like that starts my hunger off. So I often have quite low calories. You know, I could have my ca- my calories at the moment are like 2,600. I'm dropping weight at, at like 95 kilos, relatively steady. And I will, as time goes on, to keep my calories on training days not that low, like keep them up, I will honestly go down to like 1,600 calories, 1,500 calories, which as nearly, there's just under a 100 kilo guy, like that's low. Like that is very low. But... If I'm sensible with that, I can still make five meals out of that and that can fill me up because I'm not moving as much. I'm not training. So it doesn't seem to, for me personally, trigger my hunger as bad. Whereas other people, you know, if we were to put other people on that, they'd be like, no way. But I don't do it often. Like it'll be two days a week that I don't train. And it's like, well, I usually on a Sunday just chill, maybe go for one walk and it might be on like a Wednesday or a Thursday usually. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty busy on a Thursday. So I don't really think about it because... That's also what you got to remember is the psychological processes that happen with regards to thinking about food and being hungry. If you know that your calories are low, you're like, my calories are low. I'm dieting. That literally in your head is going to start to be like, oh, well, I'm probably going to get hungry. Like you might not even be (laughs) physically hungry, but psychologically we've all done it, man. Like how many times have I said, and my wife hates it. The amount of times that I'm like, I haven't really eaten much today. I'm pretty hungry. Oh mate, you say it every day without fail. (laughs) Am I actually hungry or am I just, that statement is just like, if I haven't eaten, I'm like, I've only had like 500 calories today. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm hungry. And I'm like, I better eat something. I might not even be hungry, but just because I know my calories are low, I, I literally, I'm like, Oh, I, I should be hungry. I better eat. And it's like you, you start that cascade. Yeah, well, we've we've had this conversation before, didn't we? And you, you like you've said before, like oh, and again, maybe maybe you will actually disagree with this. But like you know, you're like if I don't eat before I train, like I'm dizzy. I'm all of that, and I'm like, I think you like you probably can train. Like you're so conditioned to eating before you train. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is actually psychological now because you're so conditioned. Yeah. And now your thought process is, because you've got that association now of like training, eating before. Mm-hmm. And because you yeah. have that association, it's like, it literally is, you can't train without it. But in, yeah. like, if someone put a gun to your head and was like, you've got, you can't eat, but you've got to train, like you'd be able to do it. I know that's an extreme mentality to have, <laughs> but. I hope no one ever does that, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but it would be interesting, wasn't it? Like I've done it once and I felt really rough, but you know, you have a decent meal the night before. There's no reason as to why that nutrition and that's, that wouldn't sustain you into a, a, a morning workout. 
Um, yeah, mate, literally it's like clockwork. Like I will train exactly an hour and a half after I've eaten. It is a habit that is ingrained. If I'm like, right, I'm training at 11, I will literally eat at half nine on the dot. Yeah. And it's not because like I'm obsessed. Like if, if sometimes it goes over and I eat two hours, I'm not going to whinge about it. But like, that's how I plan my days. I plan when I'm training and then that's when I'm going to, and then I'm like, okay, cool. So I know that I've got to have a meal at X time because I'm training at Y time. <laughs> well, this is like, it's like standard. Yeah. And this is like, for, like for me personally and I, I have I don't have one set routine and a lot of my habits change around it like at the moment so you go back maybe like nine months ago I I probably would have my first meal at around like 12 o'clock or something now I have breakfast mm. every single day and now I wake up and I ex- I have the hunger expectation because I'm yeah, so man. used to doing that but like I know mm. if I don't I can it, it's going to be okay and this is why I I, I don't do it every single time, but if I am being serious about dieting and not just saying <laughs> it, like I will do like a 24 hour fast and there's no mm. health benefits for me doing this whatsoever. Apart from I'm just reminding myself nothing bad happens if I don't mm. have a meal. That is literally it. Such a psychological battle, man. I don't think I could do it, it but that's what you've got to remember as well. Like hunger isn't just physical. Like it is like you think about food, you start to salivate in your mouth through the like saliva glands, which then obviously have enzymes in, which is going to break down carbohydrates. Like your body is bloody smart. You smell food. You think about food. Your body literally starts to physically do the process it processes that would be needed for digestion of food. It literally expects food to come in, even if it doesn't like even just by thinking. Hence why, you know, you, you everyone knows that Pavlov's Pavlov's um, Pavlov's dog, uh, uh, experiment whatever you want to call it but this is it and it, a lot of the things that you do is 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 literally just habitual i was speaking to a client about it and they were basically like saying that they, they were struggling to maintain their calories for the past couple of weeks and we looked and eventually basically what we realized is they had a habit of like giving themselves some they have a very stressful job and they were like every afternoon like three till four um they would always take an hour away from work and just have some time they would sit down and just watch some tv and eat and do it. Yeah. I'm always get cravings around afternoon. Um, and so we looked at a few different things and I was like, I think this is just a habit. I was like, I don't think you are actually generally hungry. I was like, it's just a habit that you sit down in the afternoon with food because you think you're, you're hungry and you crave food because the foods that you were eating, you either crave salt food or sugary food. And what we realized is it was totally just a habit. So now what we've done is change that. They now go for a 10 minute walk when they take that time out. And they also listen to an audiobook rather than watch TV. They now haven't eaten anything, even though they're still in the living room, but instead of watching TV, they're listening to an audiobook. We've just changed the triggers in their environment, which were triggering that habit from happening. And it's like, everyone else would look at that and be like, I get mad cravings. I better eat some more or I better remove it. And it's like, these weren't even cravings. It's just psychologically, just a habit that they just ingrained over time. So now we've changed the precursor. They don't just go and sit into the lounge and turn TV on and then think about food. They go out, they get a 10 minute walk around the block. They come back, they listen to an audiobook, And if they're hungry, she just grabs an apple now. Like that's just a thing. Like if she wants that that like something to like eat while she's doing it because it's still a habit. She was like, oh, my favorite thing's an apple. So I'll just grab an apple if I do want to have something to consume whilst I am doing those things rather than just aimlessly grabbing crisps um, or chocolate, which was before. So this is where you've got to look at it. It might not be that like your hunger or anything like that. Like you can find that hunger sometimes Got a bit of detail here, but like it's just habitual. Like it's just almost like a habit that you've just ingrained that you eat at this time, and it's not because of anything to do with you know your hunger or where your calories at. 
it's literally just to do with like a trigger. Like the trigger for her was going and sitting in the lounge for her hour time out. That was a trigger for her to suddenly be like, I'm hungry. She wasn't hungry. Like no one's ever perfectly hungry at exactly the time. Your, your, your body is very much all over the place. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. So so just bringing this back around, like if yeah, good job for um, for like practical tips for people to take away from the whole calorie side of dieting. Like first of all, probably shouldn't have your calories on the lower side. Now number one because of mm-hmm. the lack of adherence, there's no adherence there for you to be able to sustain it long term. When you restrict for a prolonged period of time, you are far more likely when the opportunity arises for you to go back to normal eating habits, you are far more likely to overconsume and gorge on those foods, which is probably going to put you in excess amount of calories, which you don't need and are counterintuitive to your goals. Yeah, man. Secondly, right, what to, what's what's another take-home point that people can have from a, a calorie perspective? So we've just identified like, you know, adherence is the key. Yeah. when it comes to the fat loss. That's one thing that you want to understand more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, think about yeah, adherence and think about enjoyment. Diet, losing weight is always seen as a negative thing. The only thing that keeps you going is the positive outcome. Imagine if you make the journey a positive thing as well. Having higher calories is going to allow you to keep your social life, enjoy foods that are good for the soul, drink alcohol, you know, spend time with friends, still have birthday cake, all that good stuff. So think about changing the attitude around the journey and make the journey just as exciting as the outcome because the outcome is going to take you a while to get there. Imagine if you can have fun in the journey in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the um, what I what I was actually going to put right at the front was before any of before any actual like tactical things was knowing what you want from the off. Like what what is what are you wanting out of this fat loss journey? Like is this mm-hmm. do you have a time constraint? Because if you don't have a time constraint, your approach may be very 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 different to someone that does have a time constraint. Because, like I said, yeah, it goes back to that adherence, doesn't it? If you know you like you have a, a set event that you know you want to go into in, th- in three months' time, then maybe you can get away with being more tactical with restriction phases in your dieting. Whereas, if it's like just there's no end goal of this, there's no like you're just looking for better, um, like to gain better health from losing some weight, mm-hmm. then again. Don't set yourself up for failure from your from having those low calories. Like Ryan just said, then start to think about like your actual lifestyle beforehand, um, and then again, it's only going to have positive effects because there is going to be more adherence there. Mm-hmm. So, number one, just to identify actually what what this journey looks like for you. Like, what is what is the why behind it? Like, is it a short term, long term? Like, and then you can start to actually practically set your your calories up from there. Yeah, man. And think of it like this. If you actually were to research all of the winners of Biggest Loser, where they literally challenge themselves to lose as much, and there's winners who loses the most amount, which means they've simply created the biggest calorie deficit, look at how many of them managed to sustain those results. Look at most of the before and afters. That's what most PTs don't show you. They'll do these eight-week challenges when they'll be like, let's just diet hard for eight weeks, crush all your training. People are like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like I looked and felt the best I have ever. And then as soon as they leave that eight-week program, it's like, oh, 
sugar. Well, what am I meant to do now? Because I'm not going to create, no, I'm not going to eat that meal plan. I'm not going to train like a crazy person. But because they've suddenly thought that fast weight loss was going to be the one, they have no idea how to maintain it. So always look at the longevity of it. Have patience. Weight loss isn't fast. It's going to be slow. If it's going slow, it means you're most likely probably doing it right. Boom. Mic drop, pen drop. drop. And we've literally hit the 50 kind of five minute mark, which is probably a good time to wrap up the podcast. Yeah, I I hope that one, like, it was so, again, full transparency. A bit more serious. Yeah, well, like, (laughs) yeah, it was 100%, like, but full transparency with, like, the podcast of the feedback that that we were given. Like, we don't even make show notes anymore. We just go, we just go with it. We just have a topic. We know what the topic yep. is and we just kind of discuss it. Um, just riff. And that's kind of why it might take some slight um, like tangents in different directions. But it is all there because we feel like that's valuable information for you in that uh, in that very moment. So hope you've enjoyed mm-hmm. today's episode and hope you've like, found some value with it. And mm. in, in all seriousness, like if you're... If, if you are still feeling slightly con- confused or you are feeling like actually everything that we're say- saying is making sense, but you don't know actually how to practically implement it, well, you've kind of got like two directions that you can go down. If you haven't done it already, you can join one of our five-day challenges. Um, what we'll do, Ryan, yeah, is we'll yeah. just put a link in the show notes for the five-day challenge. There is link in the show notes for the five-day challenge. Don't you worry, Mr. Hayden Rolf. There you go. And then secondly, if maybe you have done the five-day challenge or actually you just want to kind of fast-track it and you do want some one-to-one guidance from um, either myself, Ryan, or one of our team, we can we can uh, potentially set you up. What we'll do is just jump on a call. We'll see where you currently are, where you want to get to, what barriers you currently face. And mm. if we feel like we can help you out, we'll show you what that might look like for you. Love it. Well, team, the next episode after this is going to be a pretty cool one because we have the lovely Haley joining us. Um, so those of you that know Haley Madigan will know that she's a super interesting individual um, and we're going to be yeah, speaking to her in the next episode. So we will see you guys then. Ciao, ciao. See you, lad, team. Bye-bye. Bye.